0: Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast sponsored by the last man standing with Loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and I'm feeling a lot better about myself today. Um, After watching Spurs uh, do what they did, I was down, I was out, I was ill, I was physically sick, I could feel the stress running through my body. But Arsenal are in a European final of their own. It might not be the Champions League, but it doesn't matter. It's still a European final and it offers us a route back into the Champions League promised land. Now, I must admit, I did fear the worst uh, going into that second leg in Valencia. And I, I don't know if it was just because, you know, Arsenal have been so poor lately and I've been worried about the, the level of performance or whether it was because I'd seen what Spurs had done and it really disheartened me, but I didn't see us winning in such a comfortable manner, winning in the way we did. Arsenal were fantastically devastating on the attack yesterday. Yes, our defending left a little bit to be desired for, but you've come to expect that now with the Gunners. And to see Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in particular put in a shift like that was unbelievable. I was really, really pleased to see that. Now let's start off by looking at Unai Emery's initial team selection. Petr Cech kept his place in the Arsenal goal despite many of you calling for Bernd Leno to be restored in the Europa League. There was a back three of Nacho, Monreal, Laurent Casciani and Sokratis. Ainsley, Maitland, Niles and Said Kolasinac were playing in the wing-back roles. Granit Xhaka and Lucas Torreira were the midfield pair with Mesut Ozil operating just in front of them and Alexander Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, of course, leading the line now. I've said all season that I want to see Arsenal attack teams because Arsenal do not have the personnel, the solidarity to sit back and try and defend Leeds. We need to play our own game. And credit to Unai Emery, we did that. We, We were a little bit, I wouldn't say cautious, but we were a little bit more... Solid in the first few minutes, and then of course you know we were looking to break with the pace. There was one instance though where we completely lost our shape, and that was when Valencia opened the scoring through Kevin Gamero. And you know that was a little bit frustrating because, as a fan watching that, I could not comprehend why at such an early stage in the game, Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Serkiclasinac were so far up the pitch, and not one of Granit Xhaka or Lucas Torreira thought to tuck in and protect and, and fill in the space left by their colleague not one of them thought of that and that was really frustrating but you know you can look at the manager and I have criticized the manager a lot this season but in these instances you're looking for the players to display a little bit of common sense and we didn't see that so that was a little bit frustrating but my word did Arsenal respond well. We were only behind for seven minutes. It was some fantastic combination play from Alexander Lacazette and Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And my word, when you think, where would this team be without those two this season? They've literally carried us, literally have carried us. And that's kind of been my frustration with Emery this season. It's that our strength is in the, in the attack. So why we felt that we needed to be so... Um, negative in certain games is beyond me, but it doesn't matter anyway. Let's let's move on from that. We're, we're talking about the fact that Arsenal have qualified for a European final and Lacazette won ahead of that he had absolutely no right to. And it fell to Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang and the finish was sensational. Outside of the boot, in the near post, and the keeper was completely beaten. And I, You know what? The keeper was probably surprised that Aubameyang went that way. You always look at those scenarios and you always say to yourself, you know, strikers should go across the goal. Well, not this time. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang with the perfect contact, perfect accuracy, and all of a sudden it was 1-1. And that really, really killed the atmosphere in the Mestalla, if you ask me. Um, I think that Valencia were buzzing, having taken the lead. The atmosphere was starting to build. They'd had a couple of half chances after their goal, and it felt like we were up against the ropes. So To get a goal at that time was absolutely huge. But even at at 1-1, you know, Valencia needed two goals to take the thing to extra time and you still wouldn't have put that past them based on the balance of play of the first half Valencia probably did have the better of it Arsenal showed flashes that they could cause problems in attack of course there was that shot from Alexander Lacazette that came off the outside of the post that was really unlucky and but you still felt that defensively given how poor we are and we have been this season that Valencia was still in this and so to go in at the break at one-one was was pleasing, but it wasn't by any means a foregone conclusion. Of course, the second half started, and Valencia would have been looking to come out and start fast. And credit to Arsenal, Arsenal were the ones that started fast. The work rate that Aubameyang showed, and the you know the battling qualities that Lacazette showed, Torreira all is pressing as well, and Arsenal. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang tried to take on one of their players. The ball broke. Lucas Torreira picked up the loose ball brilliantly. He was snuffing out that loose ball very well. Um, More so in the second half, I would say, than in the first. Where I thought him and Granit Xhaka were a little bit quiet, if I'm honest. Um, But Lucas Torreira had a a great game. And he took the ball there. And he played a lovely passing to Lacazette, who showed incredible strength awareness of what was around him to turn and fire into the corner and at that point the tie was done and dusted and it was a brilliant finish a brilliant goal and perseverance pays off and and there's been times where we've seen Arsenal players jogging around the pitch so to see them playing with that level of intensity is probably what Unai's been looking for for quite some time now he certainly got it in an abundance from his front players uh, last night so pleased to see that of course. Now, Valencia did answer back, didn't they? Eight minutes later, Kevin Guimero popped up uh, to make it 2-2. And although the tie was over and you felt that they still had a mammoth task on, as an Arsenal fan, a little bit of doubt creeps in, doesn't it? Because we've seen Arsenal defend so badly um, f- for so long. And-, and that was a lovely ball in behind from Danny Parejo. The ball was cut across and-, and there was Kevin Guimero to put it in. Um Unai Emery made a change where he took off uh, Mesut Ozil and I'm not entirely sure what Mesut Ozil had an issue with. I don't think it was with the manager and I'm going to defend the manager here because I thought the change was made at the right time. I thought in the first half Mesut Ozil held the ball for Arsenal very well. There were various moments where he had the ball, he kept it for two, three, four touches and just gave players a breather, gave us time to make our way up the pitch. I thought his touch was good in the first half. And whilst he wasn't bad in the second half, I did feel that his intensity dropped off a little bit. So Unai Emery made the right choice in bringing on Henrik Mkhitaryan just to give us that little bit more energy, a little bit more work rate. So fair play to him for that. But as Ozil walked off the pitch, he looked really disappointed. Now, as I've said, I don't think it was to do with the manager. There was something going on in the Mastaya. And if you were there, you may have a better idea. And if you do, let me know in the comments. But Something happened that really upset Mesut Ozil, and he ended up shushing the Valencia fans, which, you know, I I mean, people talk about Mesut Ozil not showing any passion, not showing any fight, not looking bothered. Well, he certainly looked bothered when he came off yesterday. He was certainly pissed off about something. And like I said, I'm not entirely sure what it was, but he did embrace the manager as he came off. So I'm assuming it wasn't that. Um But, you know, it was a little bit of fire from Mesut Ozil, and I was pleased to see that. I was pleased to see that. And then, of course, from then on, um, it was the Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang show, wasn't it? He was all over the place. He was an absolute beast. And uh, there was a little bit of play on the right-hand side, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who I actually thought had quite a poor game overall. Up until that point. Uh, done a lovely little bit of skill. Beat the left back. Put a lovely cross uh, into the penalty area. And across came Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. Across the front post. Expertly dispatched it into the bottom corner. And Arsenal were 3-2 to the good. A third away goal. And the tie was definitely beyond doubt at that point. Um, you know, Aubameyang's second of the evening. And, you know, you, at that point, <laughs> I started looking for flights to Baku. I'm not going to lie. Um... But yeah, brilliant from Ainsley Maitland-Niles, brilliant from Aubameyang, and he just looked a lot sharper, didn't he, in Valencia? And I don't know whether it's down to fatigue, I don't know what it was, but he just looked really up for this game, and Aubameyang, at that level, is as good as anybody in that position. And then, of course, just a couple of minutes before the end, on the 88th minute, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang wrapped up his hat-trick. He was put through, lovely bit of football, um, lovely one-two, I think it was with Mkhitaryan, but I might be wrong there. Um, He got into space. He looked up. He did look across. When you see the replay, he looked across the penalty area to see if anybody was arriving, saw there was nobody there, and absolutely rifled it into the roof of the net. Arsenal 4, Valencia 2 in the Mastaya. I mean, that's a quality result, isn't it? And and you can't really have any complaints based on that performance. Um, Going back to Ainsley Maitland-Niles now, my colleague on the same old Arsenal, um, Lee Judges, he said that he wanted to see a bit more fight from Ainsley Maitland-Niles, and, and he mentioned that incident where James Madison got him sent off, and he felt that Maitland-Niles should have shown a little bit more passion, uh, a little bit more anger, and and Graham Brooks made the point on Arsenal Fan TV as well, um, and, and Lee sent us a voice note this morning saying, I wonder if uh, Ainsley Maitland-Niles watched Graham's video, because he did exactly that, didn't he? He got into a little spat at the end with Gabriel, and it got a little bit heated, but you know, Arsenal players sticking up for each other is what you like to see. And at the time, I was a little bit like, please, nobody get yourself sent off. We've got a final to come. But, you know, you got to find a balance between sticking up for your teammates and not, not crossing the line, not giving the referee an excuse to dismiss you. And, and Arsenal did that. They battled really, really well. Um, I want to say a massive shout out to the fans that travelled out there. I've got lots of close friends who went... Um, And they spoke of the disaster journey that they had, a friend of mine, uh, Kiri, who uh, travels home and away everywhere. Um, So big shout out to Kiri. He uh, got a flight to Madrid in the morning. The flight was delayed and then a train to Valencia was delayed. Um, So he had a really hard time getting there, but the fans were fantastic and our away support normally is, to be honest. Um, They're brilliant and they travel all over the place following this team and they deserve uh, immense credit. You could hear them on the TV coming through, singing, we're on our way to Baku. Now, talking about Baku, um, of course, I'll be trying to get out there. I'm sure lots of you will. The issue we're having now, though, is that for some pathetic reason, UEFA have only given us an allocation of 6,000 tickets. 6,000 tickets in a 67,500-seater stadium. That means if Chelsea get the same, that's 12,000. What about the rest of the ground? It, this is what drives me absolutely mad about European football. Yes, I understand they've got to give some tickets to the sponsors, to the various um, you know, boards within UEFA. I get that. However, surely they can cut that down and give more to the fans. Surely they want to make it the best spectacle possible with the best atmosphere. And the only way you do that is by having more supporters of the clubs at the ground. I, I cannot get my head around why they would want to do that. Um, not to mention the absolute ball ache that it is to get to Baku. I've been looking um, from last night. I've been looking today as well. And I'm struggling to find any direct flights in to Baku. Um, Even the indirect ones are going to cost an absolute fortune. So I'd imagine that lots of us are not going to be able to get out there. Um, But I can tell you one thing. I'll certainly be trying my very hardest. And fingers crossed we can get our hands on a match ticket as well. Um, But, you know, Baku is a long way to go not having a ticket. Um, You know, Spurs... And I don't like to mention them, but Spurs are going to Madrid for the Champions League final. And Madrid is not that bad. Madrid is not that far. So even if there was a chance of you getting a ticket, you might consider it. But Baku is absolutely miles away. And it's going to be very difficult for people to get out there. Um, you know, fingers crossed they sought out the issue with Henrik Mikitarian. There's a dispute between Azerbaijan and Armenia, meaning that Under normal circumstances, they wouldn't grant uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan a visa. He didn't go to the Karabag game that we played earlier on in the season. But it's my understanding that UEFA are going to put their foot down on this and they're going to make sure that Azerbaijan give Henrik Mkhitaryan a visa. And I think that's the right thing to do. And, you know, I know it's late in the day now, but for me, they should have been aware of this issue a long time ago. And if it was going to be an issue and I was running UEFA, which would be great, imagine, um, I would say, listen, if you don't sort it out, if you don't allow him into the country, there will be no final in Baku. You know, force their hand. It's not on. It's 2019 and I don't know why things like this are still an issue. Now I'm going to round off this edition by sharing with you guys my player ratings. Little disclaimer to put out uh, just before I go into them. I don't think you can possibly give anybody in that Arsenal team below a six having contributed to a 4-2 win in the Mastaya. So that's my starting point uh, for my player ratings. Pedrochek seven. Socrates seven. 7, Koscielny 7, Nacho Monreal gets a a 6.5 for me, I felt he got caught out a couple of times, I feel like he's really slowed down of late Um, and in the first leg as well there was a few balls over the top and it was down his channel that Valencia were looking to expose, they tried to do it again, the second goal came from a ball in behind him, Um, so whilst it wasn't a disastrous performance I'm going to give Monreal a a 6.5 Ser Kalasinac also gets a six and a half for me. He just doesn't look like the same player he was a few months ago. Has he burnt out? Is he tired? Have we been too demanding of him? Is the wing back role taking its toll? I don't know. But Ser Kalasinac has been a shadow of the player he was. Um, Yes, he still made some telling contributions. The cross, which led to the third goal in the first leg, which proved to be very, very important. Of course, um, that was a huge contribution. But his overall play, his overall energy seems to have dropped a lot. So Kalasinac gets a 6.5 for me. Ainsley Maitland-Niles, I thought, was poor. I've already said that. Um, I've given him a 6.5 because of the assist for Abamyang's goal. You could push it up to a 7, maybe, because of that. I thought he did really well there. Mentioned the point about him showing a little bit more fight, which I liked. But he still, I still think his overall performance wasn't good enough. Um, but I have got sympathy. I'm not sitting here saying that Ainsley Maitland-Niles doesn't have a future at Arsenal Football Club. He's not a right-back. He's not a right-wing-back. I totally get that. I've made that point plenty of times on this season's podcast. So um, six and a half for Maitland-Niles. Granite Xhaka. Now, you guys will know I've defended him a lot this season. Certainly wasn't defending him after uh, the Brighton game and I'm certainly not going to defend him again because I thought he was poor. Um, I thought he was slow. He was sluggish. He was laboured. His passing was bad. His his decision making at times, some of the passes he opted to make were just poor. He lost the ball a few times in the centre of our midfield and I just feel like he's, I don't know, I feel like Jacques is a confidence player. And I think when he makes a mistake, I think he's he takes such a battering and I think he's probably really harsh on himself. And I just think that he wasn't good enough last night. And I think that Lucas Torreira, uh, you know, really helped him out yesterday and got him out of trouble a few times. So Xhaka gets a six. Torreira, for me, gets a seven and a half. Um, He was snapping away at people's heels for the entire night, working really hard, drawing fouls from the Valencia players, giving us a breather at times. And uh, for me... You know, he made a great contribution to the the second goal, the second Arsenal goal, which proved to be the one that ultimately put the tie beyond doubt. So, um, yeah, seven and a half, Lucas Torreira. Mesut Ozil, for me, gets a seven. I know a lot of you are going to disagree with this, but as I've already said, I felt that at times he gave us a breather. His touch was good. Um, We held the ball well at times, and that's because Mesut Ozil was in the side. And I know a lot of you don't like him, but Mesut Ozil does give us that. He does give us that, and particularly in Europe, where you know it's a little bit less physical, the pace is a little bit slower. I think he's he's very suited to that style of game, and I thought that Mesut Özil done all right last night. He was taken off, as I said, because I felt his intensity dropped, um, and replaced by Henrik Mkhitaryan, who also done pretty well when he came on. But Özil, solid seven performance from me. Alexander Lacazette, oh, I'm gonna give him an eight and a half. And I only dropped that slightly lower because I felt that he should have scored that chance in the first half. Eight and a half for me is very high. I very rarely give tens. Um, so eight and a half, 2-9 for Alexander Lacazette. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, star of the show, man of the match, hat-trick, um, hat scorer. Well, oh, you know what? I said I rarely give tens. I'm going to give Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang a 10. Brilliant. The only criticism I have of Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang is I wish he would stop doing that flip celebration because every time he does it, my heart is in my mouth. I'm like, please don't get injured. Please don't get injured. Please don't get injured. So, um, yeah, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, a 10. Those are my player ratings for Valencia 2, Arsenal 4. Now, just a couple of bits to mention before I leave you guys. Um, I want to draw your attention to our friends over at the Shoot the Defence podcast who are doing some brilliant work. Um, they've set up a Just Giving page. They're setting up a, a Champions League sweepstakes. I'm just going to read you what it says on their Just Giving page. Uh, head over there. Stelios Stilianou has set it up. It says, thanks for taking time to visit our Just Giving page. With the hotly anticipated Champions League final between Spurs and Liverpool just a few weeks away, we've decided... To run a charity sweepstake for the sickle cell society, how to play is simple. You choose your first goal scorer, and the minute they put the ball in the back of the net, the entry fee is ten pounds, and whoever guesses correct wins a lovely shiny trophy. Please email us your prediction, the goal scorer and the minute before donating, so we can check if your choice is available. Shoot the defense at gmail.com is the address to, to contact. And their aim is to raise £500. Fantastic cause. Get involved. Um, Do check them out. I know it's a Spurs game, but it's for a good cause. So if you want to get involved, that's how you do it. Uh, Visit Shoot the Defenses Twitter pages at Shoot the Defence. And and there's a tweet there with all the information if you've missed that. Uh, So do please get involved. I certainly will be. Um, It's a fantastic cause and a huge thanks to our sponsors loserpool.com who are running a fantastic game the last man standing where entry is free and you can win a thousand pounds there will be no more loser pools this season for you to enter uh, as the season draws to a close just one game week left but now is as good a time as any to recognise how supportive these guys have been and without their support this show wouldn't be what it is uh, their backing has helped us take things up a notch and we're really really thankful for that so a big shout out to Chris and Chris And the rest of the guys over at loserpool.com will be back on Monday looking back at the Burnley game. And then we'll be putting out a series of season review shows. Uh, We'll be looking at our Premier League campaign, of course. We cannot review the Europa League just yet because we might end up being the champions. Who knows? Uh, But we'll keep you posted on what's to come. If you haven't checked it out already, we ran our first live fans phone in on YouTube last night uh, shortly after the conclusion of the Valencia game. It was a pilot episode. It wasn't without a few teething problems, but I want to say a huge thank you to those of you that contributed, uh, that sent us your details for us to call you and get you online. Uh, We were really... Really pleased with the outcome and the output. So, thank you once again. And until next time, guys, take care. Bye bye.